welcome again to Star Girl Podcast. This is Lissy, and I'm here with Angie. And it's been a while, hasn't it? Have you guys missed us? <laughs> like it, we accidentally took a very long hiatus that was just unexpected, and like some stuff happened, like to me personally, that kind of like pushed podcasting. For example, the power went out at my house for like two days. <laughs> Right when we were about to like get our like stuff together and be like, okay, we actually need to record. We need to start season 1.5. Like we need to hold on to the listeners that we got during season one. We have this like great momentum and literally (laughs) everything in my house stopped working for 48 hours during the heat wave in Southern California. So it was like the universe didn't want me to talk to Lizzie, which I hate because I love Lizzie. Right. It was sad, but we're back. And if you guys have missed us, we're going to try to be more regular. Uh, Probably not weekly because we don't have episodes to talk about. Um, And believe it or not, I do think you were going to get tired of us if we're just here talking about how how much we love Pat Dugan every week. But we are going to have more regular episodes. We promise that. Um, This is presumably an episode about our favorite character from Stargirl Season 1, Um, which I don't think you're going to be surprised to hear who it is. Um, But before that, we've got a couple of other things to talk about, starting with um, the fact that Stargirl Season 2 is going to start filming late October. Angie, what do you think? Yes. Um, So we might not get it, like, next May. Fingers crossed? Yeah, I know. And you know what? Like, I love spooky halloween time so the fact that like we're getting this good news around like a great time of year like my reaction is just all positive i am super excited about this because the sooner they start shooting then we can get more casting information if they're casting more for season two we can get more like stills from on set like it'll actually help me and lizzie to be more regular with an (laughs) in-between podcast season if we get some more stuff happening out of the show. So all good things. Right. And I mean, I presumably now that we sort of know the characters and we sort of know what they did, it'll be easier to speculate that when we were like sitting here being like, I wonder what sports master is going to look like. So yeah. <laughs> now we know. And you know what? He looks amazing. He does. We have a thing <laughs> for sports master here in this podcast and we will not apologize for it. Never. Um, Yes, so we should probably go into what happened in DC Phantom, um, which was, I hope you have all, if you're here listening to us, have all watched um, the the DC Phantom event, um, the Stargirl panel, because it was super fun. Yeah, it was like, what, 20 or 30 minutes or something? It was very short, right? and it had... Um... It was Breck, Yvette, Cameron, Angelica, Amy Smart, and Jeff Johns, right? Is that everyone? That's everyone. Well, uh, yeah, and the moderator. Oh, and the moderator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was really well done considering, like, Lizzie and I love Comic-Con, right? And obviously there's, like, this giant, like, convention-sized hole in our hearts that we're not able to do conventions the traditional way this year. But I think that DC in particular is really doing this sort of like 
press events and like a way to get like fans really excited about content content again they're doing it very well i was really impressed by um all the little factoids that they released about everyone just to get everyone like back into the swing of things and like get to know the actors and actresses some more um what do you think lizzie I, I really love that. I love that. Well, I mean, we've seen the episodes, but we haven't had much of a chance to see these people interact together, which is kind of the things you love uh, conventions for. Um, seeing the actors interact and like these four, especially, let's talk about our JSA. These oh my four God. look like they're really friends. They were talking about like dance parties in gas stations. And I was just like, I just love them. I want to give them all a hug or just make them hug. I don't know. Um, it was exactly the right vibe. I needed to be, if possible, even more excited for a season two, even though we came out of season one in a high and mm -hmm. we were really happy. And then to see these adorable people talking about um, gluten-free food and like um, Angelica and Breck sharing an apartment and then if they are dancing together or not, or always hanging out with each other. It was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, I love it when cast members who play best friends are actually, like, best friends. It just, it warms my heart so much. And when Breck, Breck also talked about being a gluten-free baker, and I, like, clenched my heart. I was like, that is that is the cutest thing that she's right? like baking things for her castmates. It's just so wholesome. And I personally have been doing a lot of baking during this quarantine. So I was just, I thought she was so adorable. They were all so adorable. I like also the detail of um, a picture of Wildcat back in 2014 before she even like knew anything about the star girl show. Like, that was pretty cool. That means it was fate, you know, for her to be involved in this. Yeah, I agree. And then they, they had a really good shorthand with each other, which sometimes can be hard in these kind of panels. Like you're online, like um, you're trying not to talk over each other. But they, they, they had like a shorthand. It, it looked like they got along really well. And it was super nice to see. And yeah, I know Angie wrote down some of the little facts about them because that's angie i know uh, do you want me to read it because i will <laughs> <laughs> absolutely okay go for it okay so our girl breck she has a gold medal in mathletes so cute Aww. she's a gluten-free baker again so cute dreams of traveling to new zealand yeah i want to be a hobbit like right. I, I too dream of traveling to New Zealand. Addicted to coffee, same. Who isn't? Born right. May nineteen ninety nine. Like Star Girl, right? That's that, the cool that, detail. That that's the coolest detail. Um, right. It it was. It also felt like fade, and it was nice as they were discussing it. Um, but also, I am not addicted to coffee. I don't drink coffee. I'm sorry, Angie. <gasps> what? never this, ever no coffee this nope. is brand new shocking <laughs> information live on star girl podcast you know it's a good thing we have this solid foundation of friendship lizzie because this <laughs> i can accept this about you <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if we ever see each other i'll just drink your coffee like right? if you're offered it so you know what at the end of the day it works 
you win more more coffee for you you know what yeah this is fine it's totally fine um <laughs> if we're <laughs> if we're looking at Yvette's little factoids um she went apartment shopping with Breck and Angelica which is so cute can't you just imagining them like taking the town by storm and just like walking around with like their arms linked and skipping and at least that's how I imagine you apartment shop um <laughs> I haven't been apartment shopping in a long time I only did that once right I, <laughs> me too and I didn't do it with girlfriends so right. I, it's not exactly the same vibe but I love it I will imagine it like that too yes Uh, Yvette also, like I said, took that pick of Wildcat in 2014. She learned what celiac disease was from her castmates, because both Breck and Cameron have it. Um, she's always on her phone, dude, especially now. Like, does your partner get mad at you for being on your phone so much, Lizzie? Because mine does. Uh, well, I mean, mine would not have like a leg to stand on if he got mad at me for being on my phone. Like, because <laughs> sometimes we're sitting next to each other, and I'm, like, I was like, I'm gonna have to text him if I want him to look up. So, no, he okay. he, he doesn't have the moral high ground on that. Um, also, Yvette watches reality TV with Breck, and I don't remember from the panel if they said what type of reality TV, but I like to imagine like a real housewives situation, right? That's because I, I also thing. love real housewives. It, it's also just the kind of show that you watch and you're not even sure why you're watching it. It's all drama, but you're mm -hmm. like, okay, it's been 10 episodes. Um, what's going on here? And it's like just great to talk about with your friends because it is so ridiculous, but it's also like, eye candy as well like you can put on any like season of real housewives whatever in the background and it's just like kind of like white noise at this point because it's always just like women fighting or looking fabulous and you know what that's great no no usually fighting while looking fabulous which is right. something i i would never manage like if i'm gonna fight i don't know so that's why i, I admire them i swear I so that's what i like to envision is Hey, you know what? I like to envision all four of them watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills together. Like, that's how I'm going to choose to see them. Right. Uh, with Cameron. Okay, Cameron's factoids. Do we have, like, a budding Steve Irwin in the mix? Because he was very, like, nature-oriented, right. which is not a vibe I got from him in the show, obviously, because of his character. But he right. said he plans to visit every national park. His favorite superhero is Tarzan. He wants to make animal documentaries. Like, what? Right? That's so precious. It was so wholesome. I was, was like, so oh. wholesome. And then he was like, I've never worked with uh, with anyone else with celiac before. And then, like, they showed Breck's face. And it was, like, a cute little moment. <laughs> yes. I, I almost, I came out of that being like, okay, Rick. Like, I know you're not mm -hmm. Rick, but you look like Rick Cameron. So I'm just going to be like, okay, now I like Rick more. I know. He has somehow, like, just elevated himself in the ranks of my favorites, like, so high. Like, right. from when we first saw him. It's so weird. Right. 
with Angelica's factoids, we talked about how she lived with Breck while filming season one. And again, I'm imagining them watching Real Housewives and singing along to Hamilton because Angelica knows every word to Hamilton, which like, <laughs> girl, if you can rap guns and ships, like you are a true professional. Like, right. Props to Angelica. Um, and she also talked about coloring her hair and how she loves to eat with the cast. Didn't she say her hair color during the panel was inspired by Starfire? She did, which I absolutely love. Jeez. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I am really pleased that we love all our cast members on our show, you know? I know. We're so lucky. Like, mm-hmm. imagine being Legends of Tomorrow. Ooh, perfect transition. Speaking of a true professional, Lizzie with the perfect (laughs) transition for what we wanted to talk about next. Go for it, Lizzie. Um, Well, well, I mean, we're recording now, um, and it's been a few days since Katie Lodge posted. Um, I'm going to say... Some tone deaf tweets, though I think it goes even a little farther than that. But I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say that this is her privilege speaking and she doesn't realize. Um, But it was really tone deaf. She went all, as she was trying to memorialize Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she went Uh all, I love people who vote for Trump and I love people who vote for Biden, love everyone. Like this was um, like, I, I don't run, I don't even understand. I mean, from her bubble of privilege, it's super easy to sing kum- Kumbaya. I mean, hold on. Let me, I'm going to, I have the tweet. I'm going to read it. Quote, I love America and Americans. I love the people who will vote for Biden. And I love the people who will vote for Trump. And then quote inside her quote, you can disagree without being disagreeable. Hashtag RIP RBG. Which happened as we're recording, this was a week ago. Right. So we've had some time to digest why she would post something like that. Um, I'm still confused. I think my first reaction was, girl, that is not a great way to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she was like, she was literally hanging on for dear life. Right. At this part in her life, she didn't retire. She because she knew she needed to be on that court to protect women and other underrepresented minorities. So, like, I know this quote that Katie quoted is an RBG quote, right? But like, that's the like marshmallow fluff, easy to digest version of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's story that doesn't do her life's work justice. So that was right. like my first problem of many problems uh, the yeah like and i angie messaged me i i saw it because angie sent it to me on twitter and i i remember the the tweet and angie said oh this is not a good look and i was it's like not- before i clicked on it i was like oh no what now but i think even i did not expect um what was coming and then the thing is like angie said it's been a week it's been a little She's had plenty of time to apologize or at least attempt to understand what happened and why people were upset. And she hasn't even tried. 
Um, so that says a lot about someone who plays an LGBTQ character, um, considering what the Trump administration feels about and the policies they've enacted against mm-hmm. LGBTQ people. And then she's playing an LGBTQ character, and it's all fine when she is um, getting good press and making money off playing an LGBTQ character. So, like, basically, literally, the only thing we are asking Katie is for her to stand up to the people that this is a character you're playing. Like, stand up for the community. Mm-hmm. You don't have you don't have to hate anyone. We're not asking you to like argue with Trump fans. With just a little respect, at even at least just for the community you are representing in the character. Like, I'm That's not even asking for exactly more. Exactly it. That is exactly it. And like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like she had friendships across the political spectrum. Like she's known for her like BFF friendship with Scalia, who was not progressive in any way. But that's also like, that's not the conversation we're having right now where like black people are still continuing to be murdered by the police with no justice. And with a conservative Supreme court that could potentially overturn marriage equality, which would affect someone like the dang character that she's portraying. And and this is why people were genuinely freaking out about, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, because they knew that this could very quickly affect their rights and their lives. So at like the very best, this was an insensitive thing for her to tweet. Right. But it's been X amount of time now. And there's been, like, really no acknowledgement of it other than, like, she said, oh, I forgot on Twitter you can't have conversations. And I'm like, girl, that's, like, right. that's just, like, taking the easy way out, man. Right? And then to be that person in a show where absolutely everyone is saying not just the right things, but being political and being loud about how political they are. Like, I remember I did the Legends of Tomorrow room last year in San Diego Comic-Con when we still had San Diego Comic-Con and press rooms and things like that. Um, Yeah, or IPSDCC, for real. Right, Uh, when we did those things. um, And I remember um, Nick, Nick San, had a shirt that said, keep families together. And I remember when he sat down, he was like, make sure the camera is not focusing on me in a way that you can't see the shirt. He's like, do I need to sit down? Um, further back, I want the shirt, I want what it, what it says in the frame. That's oh my the kind, god. Right, and that's the kind of people they have in that cast that is filled with a lot of people of color, um, queer actors, and then she's saying this, and then she's gonna show up to film Legends of Tomorrow, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, so that's who you are. Thank you f- for letting us know. Right. Yeah. It's just... Like I said in my very first reaction to Lizzie when I was messaging her, it's just not a good look. No. It's not. And like, we do need to start holding people accountable for when they are saying things that at the end of the day promotes hatred. Like, in like Katie wasn't actually saying like, oh, we have to hate everyone. But girl, when you love everyone, you're not actually taking a stand for anything. Right. That's the you problem. Can't. 
when you're loving everyone, you're tolerating their intolerance. So it's like you can't, and not in the world we live in. Um, so yes, that's our 25 cents because those weren't two cents on Katie Lots because we're recording and we had to say it before we went into how much we love our favorite character on Stargirl, which uh, you will not be surprised to know Angie and I agree on. Yep. And it's so, not the pat. Yes, of course it is. Like, I've now that we've had a month, like more than a month, what, six weeks or something since we saw the finale, yeah. my feelings about Pat Dugan, they're not even like the same. I feel like I've loved him even more now that we've had time to like yeah. reflect on him, especially because. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a lot of election anxiety. <laughs> I swear <laughs> this is related. Like, it's just really hard for me to get like excited or to like trust anyone. And like with Pat Dugan, I feel like this is a man I can trust with my life and he will never disappoint me the way that <laughs> politicians constantly disappoint me. That's deep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I very much agree. I think the time since we watched the final episode has given us perspective. Um, I think also Pat benefits a lot from any comparison. Um, you're like, let's compare Pat Dugan and other father figures on TV. And you're like, oh, Pat, you're even looking better than you did before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Not just as a superhero mentor slash psychic, whatever he is, but also his relationships, I feel, with everyone in the show. He is obviously Courtney's father figure, and that is obviously the most important um, relationship so far on Stargirl, um, the one they've dedicated more time to. But he's also, in a way, uh, sort of a par parental or mentor figure to the rest of the JSA. And there's his relationship with Barbara, and then there's Mike. And then I, I feel like Pat is, in a very real way, um, the center of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not in a way that ever takes away from the fact that the show is Stargirl and Courtney is the star, if, if that makes any sense. Oh, it, it totally makes sense. Like, he is kind of like, he's like the, like the hinge of everything, right? Like, the show obviously cannot exist without Stargirl, but the show wouldn't, definitely wouldn't work as well without Pat. Like, he is kind of like the glue in a way that kind of, like, brings everything together in the show, at least at least for me, because he brings together the family component and the superhero component for Courtney. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And then the, that moment, um, I rewatched the finale uh, like a week ago or like whenever we were supposed to record. So <laughs> oh, when my power went out. <laughs> right. Yes, I rewatched the finale because I wanted to have the pad feelings fresh in my mind. Um, yeah. And I... Like, I remember when we watched the screener and we were like, I just want to scream because this is every 
every one of the feelings that I wanted to have from the finale between Pat and Courtney, we got. Mm -hmm. um, and then the journey feels like it was so well done. Um, and, and just those feelings, again, I think those are my favorite Pat scenes during the first season are in the finale. Um, that moment with Courtney, that acknowledgement of what they mean to each other. Um, and also that moment at, at the, when he's all like, when Jordan's like, who's going to save you? It's like, our daughter. Our daughter. <laughs> Still. I'm gonna cry. Still emotional. Right? That was uh -huh. so powerful. Like the fact that we can watch it, you know, if you happen to have power in your home, the fact that we can watch it and still like feel all of those feelings, it says a lot about the character and also like Luke Wilson, man. What what a career. And right. I'm so excited to like see more out of him at this point in his career, you know? Right. And then the funny thing is for us, um, we're at that age where we, we rem I remember Luke Wilson in Legally Blonde and being mm -hmm. like, oh, he's super hot. And the way he's transitioned from super hot love interest to super hot dad. Super hot dad. Yeah. Means <laughs> so much to me because he's still super hot. So let's be clear. Yeah. He's still super hot. It's just another um super hot five and he's doing really well and then i guess i i mean there is joe west okay fine but other than joe the and well i mean i don't even i'm not even gonna put black lightning in the the, in the same i was talking about like parental figures that are not really um the father so oh okay yeah I mean, yeah. I, I think we can we can rank them all, and I will still fight for Pat near the top of the list, even if we're ranking everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like superheroes are known for, like, good parental figures in general. That's, yeah, well, it also depends on what you're watching, too, because I think, like, the Lois and Clark show did a good job of, like, showing how supportive the Kents were of Clark, but beyond that, I really can't think of many examples outside of Joe West and in the Black Lightning show. Right, and the Arrowverse in general. I mean, yeah. let's not even talk about Oliver Queen's parental situation. Oh my um, god. And that's how it all started, so we, we <laughs> won't go there. Um, yes. So there are not many. It's not like he's fighting against a long list of people. Um, but I, I feel like not just that he is one of the better rounded parental figures we've seen on TV, but that he ends up in the show being sort of the parental figure to every, like Rick looks up to him. Um, Courtney, obviously, but it's not just them. Um, like the entire JSA is like, well, whatever Mr. Dukan says. Mm -hmm. um, well, except Rick, who's like a little, you know, I was going to say a word that I can't say in this podcast, but a little... <laughs> Yes, that, and then yeah. he's like Pat instead of Mr. Duke, and because he's got yeah. no respect for anyone. Um, but he's, he's still, still rebellious. Of, right, but he's still, you can see that he cares about Pat and that he respects Pat's opinion and everything, um, which is super nice to see the dynamic that they've all built with Pat. 
And on a superficial note, I don't think we've talked enough about how Luke Wilson looks in flannel. Right. Like, it takes a, a man to really, like, obviously there's, like, the stereotype of, like, the manly man in the flannel. But, like, to pull it off on television and look extremely attractive, I feel like there's a short list and it's Luke Wilson and Jensen Ackles. Like, right. It, it's, <laughs> it's really short. I also would like to talk to the costume department because he's got the same shirt in every color. Like he's got <laughs> one that's red. That's exactly the same as the blue one. Like did they go like, let's like get, let's get this one in five colors. Like what yeah. are you doing? Okay. I'm not going to lie. I have, I have a coworker um, who's, She's middle-aged, and whenever she finds a shirt that she likes, she buys it in literally every color. So that's kind of what that reminds me of. It's I think it's like a middle-aged adult mindset where it's like, oh, I like this thing. It looks good on me. I'm going to buy 10 versions of this thing so I don't have to think about my wardrobe choices for the rest of the week. It might just be that. And then his he's got some brown pants going like that. I'm like, usually I'd be like, what are you wearing? And then every time Pat's on screen, I'm like, whatever you want, Pat. You know what? I'm fine. Yeah. Because you are an amazing role model. Like he's just, it's so hard for me again, like with thinking about like really great, you know, non-toxic male characters in the superhero genre i think we're also dealing with a short list here especially those who are fathers and he just he just still checks all the boxes and i will say that i still even though i loved all the emotional dad moments in the finale my personal favorite moment for pat is still when he accidentally punched himself in the face (laughs) in the stripe (laughs) get up when johnny cash was playing when he was like testing out the stripe right. mechanics in the field. Oh my god, that's still that's the best. Cause to me, that that is Pat. <laughs> that is Pat. And like now that you brought it up, we we need to talk about the stripe suit and how the stripe seat thing. And we hope we'll never see it again. Like mm-hmm. okay, well, you already showed us what he looked like at stripe seat. Please don't show us again. Okay, thank you. Oh, where he looks like a a pirate's assistant. Like, I, like, yeah, with the striped red and, and <laughs> never again, please. <laughs> what are those called? It's those actually have a name, like, because there's the captain, and then there's like, what's a pirate assistant? You know what? I'm sure we'll get comments about it, but that's what I'm. <laughs> a pirate assistant. No, <laughs> I don't even know what you're trying to say, but it's so funny because what is. No, okay. You know the movie Peter Pan, right? There's right. Captain Hook and Mr. Smee. What would you call Mr. Obviously, other than being in love with Captain Hook, what would you call Mr. Smee? Oh, um, Mariner? Um, <laughs> I don't know. What would a you crewman? Call He's well, like, yeah. We're, I'm sorry, I totally derailed us. Uh, yes. That's my bad. It's, it's okay. It's been a while since we've podcasted. I just have no filter anymore, apparently. But we did really well before we got to Pat Dugan. So we're going <laughs> to 
we forgive ourselves for this one. Uh, but yeah, Pat makes us, um, they, he distracts us a bit. The thing is, please do not bring the stripy costume ever again. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. That I 100% agree. It can be banished forever. I don't even really need to see it in flashbacks. Right? Like, I don't need any of that. Let's focus on the present. And I feel like they're giving us in the next season a lot of like things to deal with in the present with Eclipso for sure. So maybe we'll be getting less like flashback things and more focus on like the present. And you know what? Hopefully more Hootie. Oh, please. That was also something they asked at the panel. Um, mm-hmm. During DC fandom, um, that I, I hope it, it looks like they have a plan. I hope we get it um, because uh, Hootie might be our second favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird list of like Pat Dugan, Hootie, Sportsmaster, <laughs> right, right? Everyone right. else. Who, who are we? This is who we are. Um, I don't know what happened to us, but I blame 2020. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I also have um, a picture in front of me of Luke Wilson from when they announced the casting, that when he was joining DC Stargirl. I would like this look that I'm, I'm about to post it on the Twitter. Uh, so it. you all see it. Uh, I would like this look on Pat Dugan. I don't know how, but like I'm sure that you can make it happen. Like a little bit of stubble. His hair, like, um, not so pulled back and in a suit. Like, I mean, I don't know. Pat, Pat and Barbara deserve to go on a date, right? Oh, right? a date night. Right? Oh, that'd be really cute. So. They do deserve it. They've been through a lot. Barbara's entire house got messed up. Like, she deserves it. Oh, our babies. So, yes, we really, really love Pat Dugan, guys. Um, uh, We hope you agree because, I mean, if you're here still listening to us, you probably do because we have been on this train for the entire season. The entire time. And you know what? We thank you for continuing to listen to us. And if you are listening to us talk about what a pirate's assistant is still at this point (laughs) in the episode... Bless you for continuing to listen. Uh, that is actually like I think after Pirates Assistant, there's nothing we can do to entertain you further. Uh, so I think this is it. I think we're uh, done. I think we're done. Um, um, if you would, uh, we would love it if you left us um, either send us an email or left us a tweet talking about who your favorite character in season one of Stargirl was. Uh, since you already know, we agreed on Pat Dugan. And you can visit StargirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. You can also subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Yes, please. And don't forget that we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at DCTVPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, please subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast has its own T Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV related merchandise, 
click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear. It does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. And if you have questions, thoughts about Stargirl, really any sort of reaction you want to share, you can go ahead and email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. We are doing a lot better at checking the emails, um, but you could also tweet at our Twitter handle at Stargirl Podcast or tweet me and Lizzie individually if you have something specifically to say to one of us, perhaps explaining what a pirate's assistant is to me. I would <laughs> really appreciate it. And thank you. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>